Welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Kirsten Holder, and today we're talking about childcare in Oklahoma with Senator Carrie Hicks, a mother of three who also advocates for Oklahoma's children in the state Senate, currently representing District 40. Senator Hicks, we are so honored to have you on the podcast again today. Thank you so much for having me, Kirsten. Yes. And for those of you who haven't listened to our 2021 podcast on diabetes care in Oklahoma, definitely give that one a listen. For those of you who did tune in, Carrie, of course, needs no introduction, but just in case, we'll fill you in on her background as it relates to early childhood care and education. Formally, as a public as a public educator, excuse me, Senator Hicks was elected to the Senate in 2018. Since that time, she championed for safety for babies and children in many areas of concern, including public education, seatbelt safety, stronger laws protecting breastfeeding, and better health access for all, especially Oklahomans who have few health care options. And in addition to her public political seat, Carrie is the chief executive officer of Rainbow Fleet. Since 1972, Rainbow Fleet has been serving families, children, childcare professionals, and communities in central Oklahoma. They provide innovative child development programs and services that enhance the quality of life for residents in Oklahoma and Cleveland counties. Today, Senator Hicks lives in Oklahoma City with her husband of nearly a decade, Spencer, and they are proud parents of three children. So Carrie, I'd love to jump in by asking you about your passion for early childhood kids. Rainbow Fleet does such important work as it relates to child care support. So I'd love to hear from you about why you're especially passionate about this organization. Yes, well, um, as as you alluded to in your introduction, Rainbow Fleet has been serving the Oklahoma City Metro for 50 years. We just celebrated our 50th anniversary and really kind of going back to just the foundational beginnings of our organization. You know, we exist to really share and elevate best practices as it relates to high quality care for, um, for little ones. Uh, a lot of times people think that that formal education begins when children enter our public school system but what we know from the data and the research is that truly um, those first years, the first thousand days of a child's life set the framework for um, what is to come. And so Rainbow Fleet really prioritizes elevating those best practices in our coaching, our training, and in nutritional practices through our food program as well. Awesome. And like you said, all of those things are so important to setting a firm foundation. Um, and you do offer so many classes, first aid, CPR, sleep safety is some of them. What are some other types of classes you offer specifically for educators? Yeah, so child care workers um, and educators are required required to have 20 um, continuing education hours annually in order to kind of be in good standing uh, with the profession. And so knowing that Rainbow Fleet really strives to have kind of a wealth of training opportunities that really respond to what's happening in the community. Some of the things that have um, led to some of our new beginning or new opportunities for training um, are the beginning of our quality rating and improvement system. And so we have um, come up with lots of additional trainings surrounding lesson plans, um, transitions. So when a child is moving maybe from a one and two class into a three and four year old class, um, how we navigate those transitions. And obviously just underscoring the importance of music, um, nature play, lots of different trainings that we offer to all of our educators. 
I love hearing that, especially because programs like music, like nature, those are so important for kids. They're so simple, but they are so important and inspiring in their education journey. And on that note, I'd love you to walk us through an ideal curriculum for early childhood education and child care centers. I know this kind of varies age to age, like you mentioned transitions, but let's say like an early pre-K program, what would a typical ideal day look like? Yeah, so with the release and the implementation of our quality rating and improvement system, um, a lot of what we're looking at right now as it relates to kind of that high quality care um, is related to our early learning guidelines. And so this really focuses on core competencies of your educators in the classroom, you know, do they prioritize health and safety and well-being in the classroom? Um, obviously, you'd love to see those elements like dramatic play, um, physical activity, nature. Um, you know, we really, at least here at Rainbow Fleet, we've made a commitment to our families to eliminate technology from the classroom um, because it's so important to focus on those social, emotional learning experiences that happen early on. And so by eliminating technology, we're really able to kind of, you know, really follow the child's lead um, through curiosity um, and, and trying to foster that curious nature about the world around them. I love that. And that critical thinking comes into play too. Yes. You're not just zoned out on a screen. I love hearing that. <laughs> what do you see as one of the biggest issues facing early childhood educators and centers? Um, and how is Rainbow Fleet helping to fill that gap? Obviously, there's so many challenges in this career field, but um, I'd love to hear from you on a few that you see rise to the top. Yeah, one of, I would say the most pressing issues right now is, is a shortage of qualified workers. Um, and so through our work here at Rainbow Fleet, we were able to receive a million dollar grant to stand up a program that's called our Quality Enhancement Initiative. And so what this does is it allows individuals who are interested in elevating their education related to childcare, um, they're able to participate in this for free. So they can receive a child development associates degree at no cost. Um, this helps eliminate some of the barriers, um, obviously thousands of dollars that they would have had to invest in their education at no cost to them. Um, additionally, we're also taking um, family child care homes through the national accreditation process. And so this really allows for not only an enhanced opportunity for those family child care homes, but it also um, ensures that they are providing a much higher level of quality in their facility. And in as a result of that improved quality, they're able to receive um, additional uh, reimbursements from the state on having that high quality program. Um, the other thing, obviously, that, you know, I think is really kind of looking us in the eye as we're, as it's related to early childcare right now, um, is just a rise in you know, different behaviors um, that kiddos are expressing um, on the heels of this pandemic across the state um, have had a very different experience than um, those that in uh, response to the pandemic to emotional regulation, self-regulation, kind of those coping skills. And so um, Rainbow Fleet is committed to trying to enhance um, not only the the understanding kind of of those traumatic experiences, but really coming up with an intentional response, have what they need to feel safe um, and secure. 
Absolutely. And those are challenges, of course, you know, that kids can face anyway, but the pandemic has definitely highlighted a lot of those, unfortunately. So that's so important that you guys are focusing on that and supporting childhood educators through that. Um, you mentioned staff, and that was one of my questions. We've all heard how child care centers don't have the staff they need yeah. to fully operate at capacity. Um, I believe, you know, wages aren't great, which of course is not the fault of the child care center itself. Um, so I'd love to hear from you what changes need to happen or maybe are in the works in the community to pay those individuals better for their work they're doing. Is it raising minimum wage? Is it state supplements and grants? What, what are some solutions that you would like to see in that regard? Yeah, I think one of the most meaningful um, I guess facets, if you will, that the state took um, in light of the pandemic were um, some very large stabilization grants. And so that was really, really helpful um, as an operator to be able to have, you know, that recurring revenue um, coming in to help supplement um, or offset the loss um, from, you know, families who needed to um, shelter in place or isolate um, because of a COVID outbreak. And so those stabilization grants have been huge in um, helping us maintain our operations. Um, I would also love to see kind of a permanent increase in the subsidy payments um, through some of the federal funds that the state has received. We were able to receive kind of a, a $5 day increase, if you will, for each subsidy space um, that, that our facility operates. And so, um, I mean, $5 doesn't sound like a lot, but it really adds up when you're trying to, you know, think about paying your staff. Um, your staff is obviously the, the largest overhead expense that any center um, has in operations. And so making sure that um, those subsidy payments really are a true reflection of the market, are, it's really, really important. Um, and then the other thing that, that might be a little bit more dicey, um, you know, I obviously am in communication with DHS pretty frequently. Um, and one of the things that uh, has, has not been as, as um, perceptive, I guess, if you will, is um, really looking at attendance versus enrollment. So currently uh, facilities, if if you have a subsidy space available for families, um, that is based on whether or not the child is actually in the facility. Um, you know, whether they're here or not, we still have for that staff in order to save that that space available. And in most private pay structures, it's on a weekly tuition, uh, whether the child is uh, attending or not. And so really looking at kind of an attendance versus enrollment model um, would really allow much greater flexibility for, for folks to be able to invest in their employees. Um, Again, the, the market is currently kind of artificially low. Um, our minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. What they consider um, an industry standard for childcare would be a $9 an hour wage, um, which is pretty low um, when you're thinking about just kind of those monthly expenditures that folks need in order to have a quality of life. Um, and so our commitment here to our families at Rainbow Fleet and our staff, um, we've actually raised our hourly wage um, for, um, for our staff starting at $15 an hour. And then it goes up based on years of experience and credentials, um, because we think it's really important, obviously, that our, our staff can support their own families and not have to rely on subsidy themselves. Absolutely. And that care incentive when they're providing care to the little people we love the most is so important. Um, they need to be cared for in order to care for ours. So that, that just makes so much sense. Thank you for outlining that. 
on the on the topic of expense, it seems that so many families still need childcare, but are unable to find um, a place that can house them due to long wait list, expense in some regards, um, distance even from home or workplace. What advice do you give families facing challenges finding appropriate childcare for their littles? Yeah, well, one of the great things um, that we get to do here at Rainbow Fleet is we actually um, kind of house um, the, the resource and referral statewide hotline um, and the child care locator. And so we have a, a full team of child care coaches who are ready and willing uh, to speak with parents across the state. Um, you know, we, we update our information on a quarterly basis, so we have a pretty good pulse on how many there are in the community and are are ready and willing to help plug families in for whatever needs and challenges that they have. Um, the other thing that the state is doing right now um, are childcare desert grants. And so when we're looking kind of out across the landscape statewide, um, I believe it's 60% of our population lives in a childcare desert. And so, you know, for, for interested individuals who might be considering um, opening a family childcare home or even opening a licensed facility. Um, we have quarterly events here um, at Rainbow Fleet to kind of walk them through what it looks like. What are the regulations? What is the industry standard? Um, how would I go about taking, you know, my love and passion for kids into a small business? Because every single childcare provider is a small business. And um, obviously having a passion and love for children is, is a prerequisite, but it doesn't ensure that you'll be able to have kind of that long-term impact in the community without kind of some additional support services underneath that. And so we also have um, a business consultant um, through our resource and referral agency um, that really kind of works through, you know, what, what does the budget need to look like as, as far as tuition and, you know, meals and reimbursement and things like that. It kind of walks them through step-by-step step, um, because we would love to have more childcare professionals, more childcare providers in every community across the state. Absolutely. That is so helpful to know um, that you offer that assistance. And I'm sure that makes it a lot, a lot less overwhelming for parents that already are facing so many challenges, that they have a resource they can go to, a hotline they can call and really walk them through step-by-step step what's gonna be best for their family. Can you talk about some of the other parent resources Rainbow Fleet offers, classes and other kinds of support? Now, um, the parent perspective and trying to make them more broadly accessible to parents. Um, a lot of, you know, the trainings that we offer for childcare providers are really beneficial and helpful to parents themselves. And so really kind of putting that parent perspective into some of our trainings, I think is really going to help kind of bolster just even your confidence in what your child teacher is doing in the classroom and why they're doing specific activities. Um, but not only that, we also have a, a resource center here on site um, that is a, it's a toy lending library. Um, and it's really, really um, special through a $4 annual membership with a child care coach um, who can kind of, you know, understand your family, your, your children, their ages, their interests, and then help you select um, some meaningful toys uh, for in the home. Again, it's only $40 to check out up to six toys at a time for the offer for families who really want to explore that dramatic play in the home setting. Uh, I love hearing about that. Tell us more about some of the Montessori-based approaches that Rainbow Fleet was founded on and how we can recreate something like that in our own homes. 
Yes, uh, we're actually in the process of developing um, some Montessori trainings for childcare providers and also for families. Um, and so, I mean, one of the things I think that's that's different um, than some of the other educational philosophies is that, you know, we really want to ensure that kids are challenged physically, cognitively, emotionally, and socially. And so it has a real highlight on autonomy um, and it's really child-directed play um, in kind of rethinking, um, you know, I mean, listen, my kids are still little. And so, I mean, you always kind of have this like heartache over like, is it, this seems a little risky. I'm not sure I feel comfortable with them exploring these particular resources or these materials. Um, but what we've learned from Montessori is really about kind of that accessible independence. So making things much more accessible for them to be able to kind of, again, explore and direct I mean, it's really about developmentally appropriate play, much more cohesive framework for kids. That is so important. Again, with the critical thinking piece, it starts early. So I'm so happy to hear that. And you're right, it can be a little scary sometimes. It feels like not as controlled when yes. you're just kind of letting things happen, um, child-directed, but but I, I agree. <laughs> I think that is an important aspect and, and it is something that we can kind of try to mimic in our own homes. As you're talking about Montessori, and we mentioned earlier that the pandemic and some behavioral challenges with kids, um, is Rainbow Fleet doing any work to really address how to um, either take parents or educators or both through some of those like social emotional, um, maybe emotional regulating skills, um, deep breathing, yoga, meditation? I don't know if there's specific mechanisms that you have found that work, but is that something that Rainbow Fleet is offering as far as support as well? Yes, one of the, the things that we're actually working on right now um, is getting all of our staff um, equipped with um, what's considered a trust-based relationship intervention. So this is commonly referred to as TBRI training, so trust-based relationship intervention. Um, and it really does kind of, you know, hinge on that, that key act of, you know, there's some changing behaviors going on that I recognize what is the most appropriate way to intervene and how am I as the adult able to regulate my emotions um, and keep myself in check so that I can really be there for my students. And so as we've seen some of these kind of, you know, big emotions, um, arise in our classroom. I think it's really, again, important that as the adult, we get the help that we need first um, and then understand that the the actions that we are experiencing or witnessing, they have nothing to do with us, um, but we there are some key interventions, some key ways that we can really respond to kids when they're in kind of that um, reptile brain, if you will, that fight freeze um, that can really strengthen the relationships. And so again, having that trusted adult, that trusted caregiver who has really self-regulated themselves, be able to kind of mimic that for the kids um, is so incredibly important to helping us get through this kind of critical piece of development. Awesome. And it that is so helpful. And it's so hard to remember in the moment. Like you said, it might not be something to do with you, but this big emotion is happening. And sometimes it feels contagious. Um, but what we reflect is what they will soak in. They're just little sponges. So you're right. It does start with the adult <laughs> and kind of regulating our own emotions, which is hard to hear sometimes. <laughs> 
How can we as a community support Rainbow Fleet and early child care in, and education in Oklahoma? Yeah, well, Rainbow Fleet is a nonprofit. Um, we've been generously supported by the community now for 50 years. And so obviously, um, if you feel compelled to give, um, you can donate directly online um, through our, our website at rainbowfleet.org. Um, but the other key piece is just realizing that that investment matters. And, and here's what I mean by that. So every dollar that we invest in early childhood actually has a return to our local economy of nine to $15. Um, and in Oklahoma, it's probably around 12 to $15. So every dollar that we invest in that early prevention, that early critical care, um, we will see that return in our communities over time at 15 and a pretty good reason um, to give generously, knowing that this generation of kiddos is our future. And if we can do everything right, which we won't, but if we can do everything right in these early years, then it sets everyone up for a, a better and more prosperous future. Well said. Well said. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Senator Hicks, this has been so informative, um, inspiring to hear some of the changes that are being made um, that you all are filling the gap on. I, of course, I'm not surprised, but it's so lovely hearing that your brain power is on this, that your team are tackling these big issues that seem so overwhelming to us as parents, um, that we really have an organization that's walking with us hand in hand, step by step for our little kids. So so thank you so much. Um, you can follow Senator Carrie Hicks's journey and accomplishments on Instagram at Hicks for OK or Facebook Hicks for Senate. You can look up Rainbow Fleet um, on Facebook and Instagram and, of course, their website for more information. Join us thank next you time so much. on Raising OKC Kids. Thank you so much.